Welcome to Court Killers. Reckoning the world of entertainment is turned upside down, and we're just trying to find out how to watch what we want, when we want, where we want, whenever we want. I'm Tom Merritt. Brian, where's the good stuff? That's a very good question. Let's go on a supply run. Future events such as these will affect you in the future. Uh, side note, Cord Killers is 10 years old this month, Brian. Can you believe it? So this weekend I did a, a, a two-day event about becoming fiercely independent and how to amplify your message. I did not realize there must be some kind of like cosmic thing that caused me to to, to feel like now was the time. That's, Cord- that's amazing. Cord Killers, the domain name, was registered on December 14th and nine days later? December 23rd, we did the first beta test episode with Justin Robert Young. Which uh, feels an awful lot like how things are going now that I'm... (laughs) And in celebration, 10 years later... (laughs) We're we're doing the authentic historical recreation. This is all planned. It was all part of the... Uh, Disney has already made its first payment to Comcast as part of the process of buying out Comcast's remaining stake in Hulu. Uh, That means Disney can start doing whatever it wants with Hulu. And subsequently, Disney Plus added Hulu as a sixth category on the Disney Plus home screen. So you got Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Nat Geo, Disney itself, and now Hulu. Uh, You'll see the option if you pay for bundled service. So if you've got the Hulu or Disney Plus bundle or the Hulu Disney Plus ESPN Plus bundle, uh, Hulu Enhanced Disney Plus at the minimum is an extra two bucks a month. Subscribers will be prompted to update parental controls before they view Hulu content for the first time. Uh, This is described as a beta test of integration before Disney launches what Bob Iger described earlier this year, which is a full combined app. Uh, This is just some Hulu content in a category. Eventually, they say they're just going to combine Disney Plus and Hulu together in one app. That's coming in March. Uh, And in fact, they just announced that all seasons of Grey's Anatomy will be available in March when they do that combined app. Uh, it will continue to be on Netflix. If you're like, wait, I watch Grey's Anatomy on Netflix, it'll stay there. It's just non-exclusive now. Uh, Disney is licensing 14 other TV series to Netflix, one assumes as a way to get them to loosen up their exclusivity. Uh, and Disney will have in-season episodes, which Netflix will not, because Grey's Anatomy airs on Disney's ABC. ABC stuff shows up on Hulu. Hulu is in Disney Plus, so you can follow the chain of events and you see how that all goes. Uh, Brian, let's let's stop there because there's one other thing from Disney we want to talk about uh, before we get off this topic. But how do you feel about the slow motion integration of Hulu into Disney Plus? Uh, Every so often I have what I think is a new thought. And then I find out that past Brian has already talked about this thought. Uh, I I think this might be a new thought. It might probably isn't cordkillers at gmail.com if you want to respond. But I don't think, Tom, that it had ever occurred to me that Hulu's brand strength was as strong as National Geographic's or Marvel Mm. Or Star mm-hmm. Wars. Mm. I don't think I, I, if if we had talked about yeah. this idea. Now, I when you ask kids like, "What what are your favorite toys?" They always say Star Wars, Marvel, and Hulu. Those are the three they always they always mention. Yeah. I, 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 no, but but I this move makes a little bit more sense in that context of like Hulu 
I, I had never considered Hulu a mature brand to where it would be worthy of being one of the five, now six pillars. I mean, of- it is essentially a network, right? It is as recognizable as Bravo or USA Network or, you know. Or ESPN or ABC or, or, or none of those we would have batted an eye at. Yeah. And we spent so much time thinking about like, oh, but Hulu's more adult stuff and FX or whatever. I, uh, and now they own two things or whatever, but the idea of just making it a pillar, its own independent vertical, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think any of us thought of that uh, beforehand. Yeah. I, I wonder if it can make that transition to meaning a service to meaning a brand of, of television show the way FX already does. We think of FX as a brand of television show, right? It's Fargo. Uh, it's, 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 you know, the shield it's, it's edgy television. I don't know if Hulu feels that way yet, which it would have to, to, to maintain its identity as a sub brand in Disney plus. Um, uh, sorry, I'm switching. I'm also switching while talking and learning to switch while I'm talking. Uh, but the, uh, uh, yeah, I'm mainly astonished that we never even considered this idea that they would just go all in on Hulu. This is so, the beta test, though. They keep saying we're going to have a combined app later. So this may be temporary. This may be just them saying uh, people know that stuff came from Hulu. They know this stuff is different. Put it in a Hulu category until March and then we'll launch the new app that will have things categorized differently. Maybe. Um, oh man. So, so, so I, I, I am, I, if we're in the prediction, the, the rampant speculation business, which spoiler alert, we are, um, then if I was going to place a bet, I would say this is all decided. This is. Oh, sure. Yeah. This is part of the plan. This is dipping a toe in the water. What breaks when we do this? Uh, let's, let's pay attention to how many complaint emails there are when you know having you know the shield right next to frozen <laughs> okay so hear me out since we're going to do wild speculation uh we use hulu as the category to let people know the stuff from the hulu app is here in disney plus now and do all of that that you just said like dipping a toe in the water seeing what breaks seeing what parental controls fail and which ones need to be tweaked and then in march there's the combined Disney Plus app. And remember that they said, even when we combine Hulu into Disney Plus, we will keep the Hulu app separate. They never said they would keep the Hulu app named Hulu. What if they change the name of the Hulu streaming service in March? That would be absolutely astonishing to me. To that FX. One- And now I'm back on board. Exactly. <laughs> so the stuff that doesn't fit under the FX brand on Hulu goes into Disney Plus in the combined app. Uh, it's probably still accessible through Hulu somehow because you can get ESPN Plus stuff in Hulu. Uh, but Hulu becomes FX and it's branded as like, here's the place for adult amazing television without all the kids stuff. You know what you could do is is you could just say... Um, uh, 
so you have six pillars and, and maybe you do kill the Hulu name um, because uh, in branding, anything that is a brand that means everything, which is what Hulu means, secretly means nothing. Mm-hmm. And, but FX is a, like almost everybody knows, I, I assume that FX means grown up entertainment, yeah. right? So now you have the Disney Plus app with the same five pillars, but there's a sixth one that pretty much means here there be dragons. Yeah. And and maybe you age restricted only with parental consent do you get access to here there be dragons. And of course, what we're doing is we're drifting closer and closer to classic uh, 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 cable television, right? Sure, a little bit, like within the platform. But it allows them the flexibility to say everything that was on Hulu is in the Hulu category. But in March, some of the stuff that is Hulu is going to go elsewhere in Disney+. And then we're going to call that category FX and only the adult stuff will be there. I like that. Uh, and, and the other reason I think they, they might drop Hulu, I'm not guaranteeing they will, but one of the reasons they might is that they don't use Hulu outside of the United States. They are only doing this in the United States because... There is only a Hulu in the United States that Disney owns. There's a Hulu in Japan that's just a licensed name. So they don't need to do this anywhere else, but they could bring FX as a brand up to snuff in other regions, and it would make sense. Um, All of that works in a way that I'm just uh, uh, honestly a a bit flummoxed uh, that that we never considered this possibility. Yeah, yeah. Well— uh, as good pundits on the internet, we won't ever admit that. <laughs> uh, uh, instead, may I ask another question? Uh, I know we're in the testing phase right now, but uh, is there any between the lines hints about um, whether or not uh, as a $2 add-on, you would be able to get Hulu completely ad-free? Because I believe, give or take, yeah. Every- on Disney Plus, there's no ads. Yeah, no. There, well, no, there is a Disney Plus with ads, and there's a Disney Plus without ads. There's a Hulu with ads. There's a Hulu without ads. And there are bundles that that combine all of those. So, yeah, if you just look at the existing bundle options, that's going to be how you add Hulu to Disney Plus. Um, I mean... Uh... Okay, so so uh, is 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 this being rolled out all over the United States yeah. or a bit, bit only in limited form, kind kind of like an in-flight entertainment uh, version of of Hulu, where it's it's select parts. Oh, it's got it. no, it's got all, all. I think it's got all the catalog in there now. I mean, there might be some things that Hulu licenses that didn't make it over, but Handmaid's Tale, Fargo, the whole ball of wax is there. I, I, I guess I got the impression that there was something less than the full Hulu experience. Mm, that that I, I wouldn't swear to, but I'm pretty sure 90% plus made it over. Then in that case, I'm going to assume that the, the test language was basically an excuse to say, uh, don't get used to this pricing structure. Uh, I don't know about the pricing structure so much as don't get used to this interface. We just stuck everything in a Hulu category for now. And it's still the same old Disney Plus interface, but in March, I think they plan to do a lot, lot more. Uh, I think they may have threaded the needle, Tom. I mean, it's it, looking like it, maybe. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, one little side effect of this, Rita Farrow, uh, president of Disney Advertising Sales, told Variety that on January 10th, Disney's going to announce new features for advertisers on Disney+. Plus. Uh, shopping and gaming could be among the options. Those are things that they have pioneered on Hulu. So another indication that they are definitely intending Hulu content be living on Disney+, Plus. that they're they're trying to bring all those advertisers over as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, again, it's hard to have like an, ang- uh, uh, an argument podcast when we both agree on things. I know this one, this, this one turned out to be, uh, yeah. Uh, let's argue over this. Uh, I don't think anyone should support us on Patreon. I was just about to say that. Tom. Oh, okay. In fact, if anybody wanted to be truly countercultural, they would defy both of us. Mm. And the most punk rock thing I could imagine they would be able to do would be to head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. I mean, a lot of people don't believe it's possible to be an independent success these nope, days. Can't do it. Can't to see every, oh, everyone's a TikTok star. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a YouTube celebrity. That's not real. What if it was? What if the two of us, Tom, were celebrating our 10-year anniversary, and it was because of Patreon that we were able to go loud, live, and independent to give insights on a very, very niche community that mm. became the world. Uh, but <laughs> it all began, and it stays with our however many bosses we have. Yeah. Well, Brian, as dean of this college, I forbid the students from supporting us at patreon.com slash cordkillers. Here's the problem. We make these jokes, Tom, and then there's one person who, when I make up a crazy number, like there's a one penny raise, there's a one penny raise. Like, I believe this one person will <laughs> stop supporting us until until we come back. So, uh Let's pick a different bit. Um, I uh, forbid any students from supporting patreon.com slash cord killers for less than $3 an episode. Hey, there we go. Oh, what? Hey, you crazy old crusty Dean. I do whatever I want. <laughs> Not at patreon.com slash cord killers. You don't. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go all the way to $3. No, darn you, Brushwood. Increasingly higher quality feed that's delivered increasingly on time that increasingly plays on all my devices. We'll talk about that later. All right. Now it's time for the search party. Found me. Found me. That was long. Uh, Shut up. Legend of Zelda film director Wes Ball told Entertainment Weekly he imagines this awesome fantasy adventure movie that isn't like Lord of the Rings. It's its own thing. I've always said I would love to see a live action Miyazaki, that wonder and whimsy that he brings to things. I would love to see something like that. Ball added, my whole life has led up to this moment. I grew up on Zelda, and it is the most important property, I think, that's untapped IP, if you will. So we very much are working hard to do something. We're not just trying to do it because we can. We want to make something really special. 
of course, uh, Ball is uh, the right person for the job, if if that's true. Uh, grew up on Zelda. You want somebody who's passionate and knows the franchise. Uh, directed the Maze Runner films, as well as Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, and having seen the Maze Runner films, they are better than they should have been. Uh, the, the source material's fine. They're, they're young adult fantasy, you know, fun adventure. Uh, and I, I watched them and was always surprised at how good they were. So I think I might be optimistic about this, Brian. Uh, yeah, because uh, do you remember the first time you played all the way through a Zelda game? I do, yeah. I was living in Austin, Texas, down on Lockhart Drive in South Austin. I'm doggone it. I, I'm realizing that I... Like, I have confessed that I've never played through an entire. Oh no! Okay, but but you're the guy. You're the guy that Westball needs to convince. Like, it's fine. He's going to get all the people who've played Zelda before to come into the theater and, and try it out, no matter what he does, right? How does he get you to say, you know what? I don't really know this franchise. I understand people love it. How does he get you to want to go see this movie? To be honest, he could not have done better than this statement because it's like there's a thing. I don't know what it is, but clearly somebody who loves it a lot is uh, trying to be a shepherd of bringing it to people like me who have not experienced the whole thing. Um, unfortunately, that did not work out so well for Cowboy Bebop because uh-huh. he definitely, definitely loved it and it just didn't land uh, uh, for uh, who knows what reasons. But um, uh, uh, are you, so you're optimistic. Actually, that's two for two then. He said the right thing. This is somebody who's passionate about it. You said you're optimistic, which is a big hurdle to get over. Like every time we bring up an anime that goes live action, everybody says, don't even try. Don't do get Stay on the couch. It's already done. Uh, And uh, the fact that you're optimistic says something. I feel like it's a bad PR move to say live action Miyazaki because everybody's going to think Cowboy Bebop immediately. Uh, But this isn't taking anime and turning it into live action. This is taking video game and turning it into live action. And we have gone from a world in the 10 years that we've been doing this show of like, nobody can make a good video game movie to Last of Us, (laughs) Uh, you know, and, and lots of other examples. So I think what I'm focused on more is less the, well, that was an unfortunate comparison and more on the, I want to do something special. I love this franchise. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I leave it as cautiously optimistic. Yeah. We have a long story short and hit us up at courtkillers at gmail.com if you think otherwise, but, uh, uh, it, it sounds like he said the right words, but I know some of you out there are, are, this franchise is precious and you're going to be upset if he screws it up. And I, we've seen a lot of that. Netflix is going to stream another live sporting event uh, to, to keep you up to date. Uh, they did the Chris Rock uh, comedy special live. They tried to do a reunion event for the, one of their reality shows and it failed. Uh, they have done a couple of other things live. Most recently, their first sporting event live, which was kind of a stunt golf tournament with actual pro golfers paired up with Formula One race car drivers, not racing cars, but playing golf. Uh, This next live event is going to be the Netflix Slam, a tennis event headlined by Hall of Fame tennis player Rafael Nadal and number two ranked Carlos Alcaraz at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas on March 3rd. 
So if you're a tennis fan, big names. You probably want to see these folks play. Uh, if you're not a tennis fan, I don't know that this is meant to bring you in in a way that the Formula One golf thing was like, hey, if you like racing or you like golf, come in here. So I don't know, Brian, this is this is a little more narrow than what they did last time. Uh, well, and, and specifically, um, uh, everything they've done up until then, I don't perceive is an event that people would gamble on and and, and by which i mean literal loss like yeah place a bet yeah right so, so this feels like a much higher stakes thing than anything they've done before which is probably why they did the lower stakes things before like yes we all know everyone wants to hear the chris rock story yes chris has been practicing it for a long time and yes you know he flubbed a line and then they cut it out and uh, on there uh yes everyone loves this reality show whoops no we weren't able to deliver it correctly and then the third attempt was okay technically it's a sportsy kind of thing but Ain't nobody betting on this. It's mainly just a, a pro-am that you're watching. So what are the stakes? This is the first time there are stakes. Like, literal, they could get sued by a casino stakes if they mess up their ability to transmit or transmit stuff out of order. So I think, um, I don't know how, but that feels to me like uh, the, things are different. Yeah, and... I think it is a great example of Netflix meaning what it said when it said, we want to own the sports we do. So instead of paying the NFL, NBA, even the World Tennis Association, uh, they are creating their own events. Uh, and this case, they've gone from creating, like you said, kind of a pro-am, fun, stunt event to creating an actual like these are these two could meet at Wimbledon's championship. That is certainly a possibility. Uh, they could meet in the Australian Open. They could meet in the U.S. Open. Uh, but instead of having to go through a tournament, you get to just see them meet and play. It's a friendly. It's it's not going to count for anything. Uh, but if you're really into tennis, you're probably going to want to see how they do. Uh, and that is Netflix upping their game haha, a little bit. By saying, you know what, we're gonna pay, we're gonna pay top talent, and we're gonna just put on our own event. Uh, so a uh, 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 question: If you could choose to either bet on who will win the tennis match or bet on whether or not Netflix screws this up, <laughs> yeah, they've only screwed the one thing up. So I, I don't feel like the, the they're gonna screw it up thing is is really a good bet because uh, I, I feel like the we we just had that one reality show. I wonder how much that had to do with a production company contract instead of Netflix's own capabilities. You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. No, I'm with you. Uh, Disney will release Soul, Luca, and Turning Red. Those are all those are all animated movies. Uh, in theaters in 2024. Uh, if you're like, wait, weren't all these already out? They were. They were released during lockdowns, during COVID, when theater attendance was low and studios weren't putting movies into theaters. Uh, so this is your first chance to see them in a theater. This is a little play in reverse of like, instead of like, hey, instead of watching it in a theater, watch it in the comfort of your own home. It's like, you already watched it in the comfort of your home, but did you like it enough to go see it on the big screen? Uh, Soul will be released on January 12th, turning red on February 9th, and Luca on March 22nd. Um. Tom, mm -hmm. movies instantly come to mind 
over the last year uh, that were theatrical releases uh, besides Oppenheimer and Barbie. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my point being, uh, this feels like a case of like just not a lot of movies coming out. I think it's a capacity thing, right? I, I don't know if not a lot of movies have come out or the shortened window has left theaters open uh, or what. Uh, Taylor Swift was able to get her. So was Beyonce able to get her concert movie into a lot more theaters than usual? Uh, so, yeah, there there might be more capacity available, which lets Disney try this out and be like, hey, families love these movies. I mean, they bring back big classic movies and put them in theaters sometimes as a way to get people to come to the theater. This is just they're not classics yet, but they are movies you couldn't see in the theater before. So, so maybe, maybe it's a case, I, I would be curious to look at the timing and like, maybe they just identified soft targets where it's like, this is the holiday time. Yeah. This want to go to the movies with their kids and they're going to, they're going to open up the web browser and see what's out, what's yeah. on, what can we do? And they're going to see nothing. They're going to see nothing. Yeah. January 12th, February 9th, March 22nd. Though we, we know those are low, low attendance times usually. But in, especially in a world where uh, uh, the cost of distribution is so low, where it's like uh, they don't have to ship film canisters or anything. It's like they press a button and yeah, download. Then they uh, A24 has agreed that HBO and Max uh, will get the exclusive streaming rights to its movies. Showtime had this before. It's called the pay one window. You get them for 18 months. Uh, that expired in November and Showtime has been continuing to carry a 24 stuff kind of on an extension of that. Uh, but starting soon, new movies will stream first on max and about a hundred a 24 library films have been extended. Uh, there were some that, that were outside that Showtime window that had been on Max in the library, and those those will get to stay longer now, according to this deal. So so Max, you know, wins a point against Showtime and in, in getting away a, a pretty high quality stable of, of movies with A24. Uh, yeah. So uh, number one, I guess uh, the only uh, the only take hot take is hooray HBO Max, right? Yeah, you're winning. Uh. uh Yep. Nope. That's it. Good job. Yeah. You scored. And, and if you're wondering where the, if you're an A24 movie fan, uh, now you know where to look for them in the future. Uh, a few fast facts here. Apple will premiere a sci-fi series starring Nomi Rapace called Constellation coming J February 21st. Uh, Rapace stars as an astronaut who returns to Earth after a disaster in space, only to discover the key pieces of her life seem to be missing. Former Fox personality Tucker Carlson will launch his own streaming service. Uh, there'll be a lower price to start with, $72 a year or $9 a month if you want to subscribe to that. Netflix has approved a second season of Squid Game The Challenge. That's their competition show that is based on the fictional Squid Game. Uh, casting is now open if you want to try to be in season two. And Apple has approved Foundation for a third season. How did uh, are you sticking with foundation? I haven't started season two. I have it ready. It's in the queue. It's it's not one of those. I'm not going to start it. It's one of those. Oh, I'll, I'll get to that later. There's a lot well, more I, of those in my life these days. I I know you love it, right? And and, and I like the first season. Yeah, quite a bit. Or I I mean, you love the franchise. The the actual. Oh yes, and I do love Harry Seldon. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh yeah. Like a brother. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I kind of want to chase this thread just because like uh, this occasionally we talk about the lag that's going to come because of the uh, the writer's strike and the WJ, you know, all that stuff. Uh, uh, 
but uh, 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 one of the vectors that I think is going to change it this time is that everybody I know has so much content that they know they all their friends have told them you gotta watch you gotta watch you gotta watch and and you know it, it makes me wonder whether or not it'll be a dry patch for a bit or whether or not everybody will finally just get caught up on the other stuff yeah um and apple seems to think it's worth second money because it's not a cheap show to do so time now to dig up some buried treasure Brian, what have you been watching? Uh, you know what? Um, uh, I'm I'm rewatching. You know, uh, kind of some of the standards. Um, I watched last night Rick and Morty, uh, and it was very very good. So that's two episodes in an in a row that are very very good, and we'll talk about them in after talk. Uh, but more importantly, I got to introduce somebody who I respect very much, uh, Matt Donnelly to toast of London. And as much of I, as I have enjoyed toast of London with Matt Berry, the only thing better is having him because both uh, uh, Kuhan, uh, who's often a guest on the show and uh, uh, Matt Donnelly both had heard of it. And all of their friends said, you got to watch. And then to get to, I mean, you don't want to gawk at them while they're watching, but to watch them get the rhythm and flow of this ridiculous English farce. Oh, mwah, that's my recommendation is, is uh, uh, make friends know, with Matt Donnelly. Nobody is surprised. Go back in time so that he's not seen toast of London and then beat Brian to watching toast of London with him for the first time. I mean, I'm just, I guess I'm advertising. I got to watch, uh, other people appreciate a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, and that reminds me, uh, we're not going to do it this week. This week we'll talk about Rick and Morty on After Talk. Uh, but if you enjoy Spoiler in Time, our plan is to do a season summary of Rick and Morty on on the main Spoiler in Time next week after the uh, se- season finale is out. Um, I want to put in uh, a, a continuing good word for Fargo. Every episode is great. This is definitely in my top three Fargo seasons, probably top two. And I'm going to have to wait until the whole thing is done to be sure where it lands, but it's great. Uh, it, it just, I, I, this was one of the first episodes of any television show in a long time where I was like, Oh, it's done. Like I never thought about how much time was left. Uh, it, it ended long before I was ready to stop watching Fargo this episode. Okay. So, so, an ongoing thing is, is, you know, we start a thing and maybe I get caught up cause I want to binge it. And then, and then suddenly I get irrationally mad that I have to wait for week after week. Mm. Is this going to be one of those? Should I wait or should I, I, I have no oh. idea. I, I would think it would be fantastic to catch up and be able to experience it week to week, but you're going to want to watch the next episode after the, the episode. Uh, that you watched before and it was really nice to have the first three in a row for me they they released two at once and i i kind of delayed watching them i delayed starting it until the third one was just about out so i watched two episodes one day and then the third one came out the next day uh and that was pretty great it it, it does suck to have to wait week to week yep uh i 
Also want to mention uh, Sweet Home Season 2 is now out on Netflix. It's been out for about a week. Uh, That is the Netflix series that is basically a zombie adventure, but instead of zombies, a virus is turning people into monsters, and you can just catch the virus. It's not you get bitten by a zombie, you turn into a zombie. You kind of just never know who's going to get it, and it manifests in different ways. The only way you can tell if someone's a monster uh, is that when you cut them, within a minute or so the wound heals and so in season two they're all hunkered down in this safe zone uh, and regularly going around slicing everyone's palm just to see if it heals or not uh and then there's of course good monsters and bad monsters and the effort to try to rid the city of the monsters uh i don't know it's 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 good it's 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 a good series and if you like that sort of thing uh i'm almost done with it so i'll give my final thoughts soon but sweet home on netflix Awesome. What's next, Tom? Doghouse systems. Oh, yeah. No, you sh- guys, do you even know? You guys got to get a doghouse system. They're unmatched, unparalleled, unquestionably ethical, kind customer service is what makes me so, so proud to mention them. That and the fact that they loaned us all of these computers and that we want you to buy them. Head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue, spell it right. R-O-G-U-E. You'll get an extra SSD drive, but most importantly, you'll be letting them know uh, that they made a good investment in in us. I'm going to have to hurry because I heard that things are going dark. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh man, actually, uh, I, I, this is what, what Tom is teeing up here. I'll take it. Uh, what Tom is teeing up is the fact that, um, uh, the worst Christmas, uh, I've, I've had recently was one where we, there was a whole bunch of stuff we couldn't deliver from scamstuff.com. So I instituted a policy where we, we shut down the store with enough runway to make sure everybody has a good Christmas because it slayed me to imagine, you know, excuse instead of a present. (laughs) So we're, uh, uh, we're one day away from that. So if you're hearing this, hopefully, by the way, Tom, that was a very good trick because now I have to post this episode tonight (laughs) (laughs) because otherwise they're already too late. Well, (laughs) my friend (laughs) go buy stuff gear for the modern rogue let's scan the horizon can't tell if that's green or just something left the faucet on uh insider intelligence reports that we will hit another milestone by the end of this year brian it estimates cable tv subscribers in the united states will fall to 121.1 million And non-pay TV users, people who only rely on streaming or an antenna or both, will rise to 144.1 million. Now, we reported earlier in the year that Nielsen reported viewing hours had passed the midpoint already uh, and kind of declared victory then. But uh, this is is another victory. I'll put it that way. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I wonder wonder how... It it is fascinating to watch... um, things change but at some point it's like i'm like, like call off the fight he's already dead <laughs> stop hitting him uh now i look at it as like wow 121.1 million that that's why cable still exists there's still that many people even if it's a minority wait, 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 wait. 
This is we were supposed to go fast, but I'm going to take a side jag here. Uh, That's one of those discussions where uh, all of those quarterly reports like early on, we began you you and I began to sniff out the fact that it's like, look, man, these guys have uh, uh, shareholders who need to be reassured. And they you know, like, yeah, they know where it's going, but they're going to squeeze all the blood out of that stone before they get there. Yeah, indeed. Meanwhile, Amazon fails to renew its live English Premier League rights deal as part of Sky and TNT's new £6.7 billion UK TV rights deal for four soccer seasons for um, uh, 2025 and 2026. Um, That's a big loss. uh, Yeah. So so, uh, uh, just negotiations broke down or what? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It it does seem like uh, they they were not going to, you know, Pony up. I, I don't know if it's just too rich for my blood or what. Yeah. That, uh, oh, oh, what if, let me throw this out there. What if Apple TV, what if there is a shadow competitor who wanted to make a competing bid that uh, uh, maybe. Well, it looks uh, like Sky won the bid. So uh, I guess, I guess Sky just, just, yep. yeah, wanted it more. Uh, the Golden Globes returned to TV on January 7th on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Nominees were announced, and Barbie got eight nominations, and Oppenheimer got eight nominations. Wait, Barbie got nine, and Oppenheimer got eight, I think. Uh, Succession got nine on the TV side. Netflix had the most nominations of any distributor, uh, 28, 13 for film, 15 for TV. HBO Max, HBO slash Max, got the most TV nominations with 17. Uh, and I have nothing to say. Uh, uh, Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos said the company didn't see much of an interruption from Hollywood strikes and is still uh, targeting a $17 billion content budget for 2024. Um, yeah, I, I guess that tracks that, that, that makes sense when you're sitting on a content empire that, that, uh, People are still like like we were just talking about, you know, trying to get caught up on things. Netflix's big advantage was that they were able to continue shooting in places not covered by SAG-AFTRA or the Writers Guild uh, because those are domestic unions. Uh, and so there are a lot of places they shoot worldwide because they shoot everywhere. They shoot in France. They shoot in Korea. They shoot in Japan. They shoot in India. Uh, and so they, they could keep cranking out content. So they had to shuffle their schedules around. They probably didn't get to put exactly what they want, exactly where they wanted. Uh, but what Ted Sarandos was trying to tell investors here is, don't worry. Uh, we're going to keep putting out hits and you we we won't appear to miss a beat. We, we, we shuffled some stuff behind the scenes and you won't even notice. So we'll find out if that's true, I guess. The UK's EE is offering EETV, an online TV service with 70 free view channels and premium channels like Sky, Discovery, Eurosport, and more. You can get a mini box to stream it on your TV, an upgraded box with a hard drive for recording live TV, or a bespoke Apple TV 4K set up specifically for EETV service. So basically they pre-installed some apps uh, and streamlined the setup so that you can log in. It also comes with a custom EE branded remote, including a special TV guy button and some channel rockers. So uh, basically the game is a, a, a physical gizmo that gets you access to what feels like or, or actually literally is a rich library of content that just, uh, I suspect, you know, has a lot of ads. Um, 
Well, the Freeview stuff is like that. Uh, basically, this is EE saying, like, instead of uh, making you buy uh, other machines, uh, we're just going to stream you the TV service. Uh, so you won't have to, you know, it's that's becoming a, a more common way to do it. You're not going to have to give up Freeview channels to do that. And boom, Bob's your uncle. Uh, they also, I think the interesting thing here is not that they're doing that because lots of people are doing that, but that they're bundling in the Apple TV and that Apple is a hardware vendor, like a white label hardware vendor in a way here. Uh, that is an odd move for Apple. Um, I don't know. It, 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 that, that's something that merits a, a deeper discussion as we watch that emerge. Yep. All right. Let's see what's up with the chatter. Uh, TJ, Jamie, Tom, George, Jason are among the people who noticed that uh, uh, the show has been slightly different. Uh, the schedule has been slightly different. Brian, we're refining the workflow here, right? Uh, yeah, look, uh, um, we're taking a Rube Goldberg and we're making an efficient, sleek uh, uh, cyber truck. Uh, uh, whoops, that's a charged word um uh we're we're refining the workflow so as a result uh stuff's going to be spotty anybody who used to watch the show in one place please write us at cordkillers at gmail.com because it's helping me out tremendously as we figure out a very efficient way to get everything out to you guys yeah indeed uh thanks everybody for your patience and your support uh, and we're, we're still looking for spoiler in time ideas. Uh, if you haven't paid attention, uh, we finished up our Miami Vice watch this week on spoiler in time. We'll be talking about the pilot episode of the West Wing, but it's not the kickoff of a West Wing watch necessarily. We just wanted to watch the pilot episode and, and, and kind of bat it around. Uh, and so we're looking for ideas. Jeff Rose uh, wrote in with some as an example. Uh, said, instead of committing to rewatch an entire TV show, maybe you can pick a watch list or best of list for a particular series. This would let you get through shows with an extensive catalog of episodes more quickly. And part of the discussion could be whether you thought the list was good or not. That's kind of what we did with Miami Vice. We picked guest star episodes, not best episodes. But but yeah, there's lots of lists like that we could take advantage of. That's a great idea, Jeff. Another uh, and, idea would be to cover shows that have been rebooted. Watch one to two episodes of the original and one to two episodes of the reboot. This would let you cover shows like Quantum Peak, uh, Quantum Peak, Quantum Leap, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Star Trek Full House. Star, those aren't two separate shows. Although, wow, I really want to see Star Trek Full House. Hold on, hold on, Tyler. Star Trek Full House. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, Star Trek is the same. As far oh as. my god that should be a lower decks episode that's star that trek prodigy uh star trek fuller house night court etc uh you can discuss the differences and whether the reboot adheres to the original concepts love the show jeff rose thank you jeff well and, and so we had heard ideas or considered ideas like this and discussed them but i think what jeff rose brings to the conversation is to not judge the shows so much as to judge the lists and and, and decide like was that a good list or not which i think is another fun game yeah but, yeah uh, for sure i love that uh so uh keep those ideas coming cord killers at gmail.com our website is cordkillers.com our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com and we are live at twitch.tv slash night attack mondays at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific i reckon we'll talk to you next time 